Welcome to the John Henry Weston Show. I'm your jo- host, John Henry Weston, and we are here today to discuss something truly revolutionary, a kind of self-help program that has helped Catholics all over the place, and specifically Catholic men, to make them stronger men. Um, and it has helped some 20,000 men to become stronger and better Catholics. Stay tuned. We're going to begin, as we always do, with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I am very pleased to introduce you all to someone by the name of James Baxter. James Baxter probably is unknown to most of you, but you might have heard of his program called Exodus 90. And we're going to discuss that on today's show, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Welcome, James, to the program. John Henry, thank you so much for your time. It's a blessing. So, you are a former seminarian and then have uh, since decided that's not your calling, uh, started into family life, and uh, now you're doing this program, which you sort of brought from seminary out to the secular world, and it's exploded. So, tell us a little bit about yourself, first of all, your background, and how this got to be. Yeah, fantastic. So, James Baxter, I am from Indiana, uh, central Indiana in particular, went uh, to the public schools K through 12 there, uh, but was introduced uh, to a high school boys fraternity that really galvanized my faith uh, and introduced me, uh, fortunately, to the contemplative life early on. So um, that fraternity really revolved around the service uh, at the altar, shaped me, kind of shaped my commitment to uh, living constantly in fraternity uh, and, a, and a life of prayer. So kind of from there, I uh, went to uh, college seminary up in Minnesota, I spent a little bit of time in a Benedictine monastery after that, uh, discerned out into marriage and uh, family life uh, from there. So, uh, yeah, so Exodus, uh, you know, maybe to clarify one thing, started as a seminary formation program uh, from a mentor of mine uh, out at Mount St. Mary's uh, in Emmitsburg, Maryland, the theological seminary there. So I wasn't in that seminary, but what, what had gone on, this experiment that he had started called Exodus, uh, I had heard about for years, uh, and uh, he f- simply shared with me uh, the testimonies of these men uh, and kind of how they were calling it really the most critical factor in their formation for the priesthood. So um, I was going to go on my way, probably go to business school, uh, when uh, he kind of asked a simple question, was, which was this, you know, if these seminarians are suffering from all these forms of idolatry, uh, what about laymen everywhere who don't have a formation house? You know, and so my task uh, kind of became how do we kind of take the notes that were shared and structure them uh, in a way that that could be shared? And um, how could we share that with as many men as we could? So that's what I've been doing for the last five years. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. So takes a little bit through the program. Um, What is this? Uh, It's one of those... For, for a lot of people, when they saw it, they kind of look at the requirements and go, oh my gosh, can I really do that? It, it seems pretty hardcore. Take us through it, if you will. Yeah, so first, it's, you know, why are we doing this at all? It's all about freedom for us. Uh, obviously, when we look at, even at our sacramental rites, the church um, at her best places a heavy burden upon freedom, um, you know, for validity of sacraments in, in many cases. So, Um, really what this is about is growing in uh, our freedom so that we can love. 
um, you know, kind of our, our fundamental belief and not everyone will grant this. And this gets us into trouble with certain folks, probably not your audience, uh, is this, that most men are enslaved uh, to different things. Um, and even good men, you know, good Catholic men are enslaved to different things that um, take away from their true vocations, um, you know, to, to marriage or to priesthood. So, um, so Exodus is a 90 day spiritual exercise for men, you know, for, uh, you know, to, to grow in freedom. So uh, anyone, when you look at it, it's like, well, there's really nothing new here. And that's the point, you know, this is about prayer. This is about kind of reclaiming and representing um, the church's, you know, strong tradition of asceticism um, with a, a fraternal, a communal component uh, that's essential for this to work. So you commit to a, a daily holy hour. Uh, we um, kind of make that kind of burden and we place that on everyone. We don't make exceptions to that. Uh, you need to pray an hour a day and you need to spend time in mental prayer every day. And uh, mm -hmm. so that, that's what you commit to. And just for clarification, that holy hour is like an hour of, uh, is it totally sustained one hour or is it throughout the day one hour or is it even before the blessed sacrament one hour what, what, are, you, what are you talking so we, about we recommend an hour before the blessed sacrament where that's not okay. possible uh we we say you know you, you've got to get an hour of prayer a day if that's at, at one time ideal great if not that's fine but you've got to spend 20 minutes in mental prayer um right. when we're not having that intimate conversation with the lord when he's not influencing our faculties well we just drift um as we all know so well so uh, we, we place that as a heavy burden upon um, the men and, uh, you know, kind of from there, uh, you know, with prayer as the foundation, uh, we bring an element of asceticism into this. So the list can seem kind of burdensome at first, cold showers or what everybody talks about up in Canada. They're quite a bit worse than in Southern California or Florida or, you know, whatever have you. Um, but yeah, we take cold showers. We exercise regularly. We encourage our men to get a full night's sleep. Now, when you have young kids, you know, that might not be possible. But the point <laughs> is that um, I just actually had my first first child a few weeks ago. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I, you know, newly aware of that, that, that dynamic <laughs> in reality. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the point is, you know, uh, really re by removing our distractions, you, you should be, you should have more time for sleep. Um, yeah. We don't drink alcohol. We don't do desserts or sweets. Uh, we don't eat between meals. We fast uh, every Wednesday and Friday. So just as, as the church asks us to fast on Ash Wednesday and Good Friday during the 90-day journey, you do that every Wednesday and Friday. Uh, you really bracket your use of technology. So you kind of return it to its place uh, as a tool for your work or for your school. So any form of, quote, leisure on technology, we, we remove. So no social media, video games, sports, uh, movies, etc., um, we, non-essential material purchases, you know, we, we, we ask the men to avoid. So the whole kind of go to Amazon to medicate your problems. We ask that to be removed as well. Uh, we then listen only to music that lifts the soul to God. Um, and that's, uh, pretty much rounds it out. So that seems like a lot and, and it is kind of a lot. It takes a little bit to get used to when you, when you get into it. Um, some guys say like, man, I don't have time for, for, for all this or whatever. But when you kind of submit to the regimen, you realize like you are overwhelmed with time. You have so much time on your hands and you kind of see where your heart is. You know, is your heart really with the Lord? Is your heart really with your spouse and your children? 
uh, you see when you remove your distractions. And a lot of times that can be, be a little bit startling. And lastly, you commit to a, a fraternity meeting. So this isn't a self-help uh, program as such. This is done with a small um, you know, band of brothers. We, we encourage five to seven, and ideally there's a priest there to be the director. It's not always possible. Um, but um, that fraternal component kind of rounds it out. So again, the fundamental belief for us is that men are enslaved and men are, I think, the greatest untapped resource in the church. Um, and it's only by committing to um, a, a regimen of prayer, asceticism and fraternity um, that we're going to be returned into a place of freedom to then respond to our vocations to love. Beautiful. Well, great program. I'm going to get into the nitty gritty because there's a lot of questions there. So... Um, so let's start with cold showers. Everybody's talking about cold showers. Um, I have the privilege of going to visit in-laws in Myrtle Beach, uh, South Carolina, once a year, and we live in very cold Canada. The cold shower difference is, oh, well over 15 degrees, because here, when you turn on the cold water tap, it's nearly freezing. It's just, <laughs> we don't quite get icicles through the water, but it's pretty much like that. Uh, you go to, when I'm in, in Myrtle Beach and I, I have a cold shower, it's like, oh yeah, this isn't really cold. There's a big difference there. Um, what, do you, what do you answer to those people who say, hey, we're from Canada, what's your problem? <laughs> Yeah, so I was visiting uh, recently um, northern Minnesota, and uh, I was lamenting. Those guys were lamenting similarly. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the the point here is just like get when you when you wake up in the morning, start the day with a sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Say no to what you want. Say no to comfort. Um, I, you know, Pope Benedict said that so beautifully, and that that quote resounds everywhere. Fortunately, that we're not made for comfort; we're made for greatness. Right. So. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the point of the shower, you know, is, is simply, you're not going to die, you know? And, and so, you know, why not start your day um, in sacrifice and allow that then to be the foundation for the rest of your, your, your day. So our point is this, it, it's simply an offering. So, um, you know, as to what degree it is, you know, we kind of leave that on the men to decide what they can tolerate. But that's really what we're trying to, to provoke in the guys so that later on in the day when they just want to sit down, have a beer, watch sports and zone out from life, they're like, no, you know, like I'm committing to saying no to myself dozens of times so that, you know, I can say yes, um, you know, to higher, more important things. Yeah, absolutely. So this is really to fight all these slaveries. I guess selfishness is a huge one. Obviously, pornography, um, not only pornography as, as, a, as a triple X or whatever, but all the pornographies that are out there, which includes uh, the, the so-called clean even movies that have all sorts of innuendo and nonsense in them. Uh, but then there's also uh, slavery to video gaming and, and all sorts of distractions with the internet anyway. Um, these are the things you're trying to root out. Yeah, precisely. So, you know, Exodus is not a pornography program as such, you know, for guys that are in the throes of an addiction, they need something else. But at the same time, therapists love Exodus because many times it's the most effective supplement to their th clinical therapy work because wow. it's really bringing order to the, their, you know, their clients, you know, lives, which, you know, they haven't had the smack of in forever, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, so, um, you know, and, and what was interesting, so, so Exodus really started growing very organically the whole story you know behind it is is pretty pretty marvelous but the bottom line is it's on this massive multiplication effect because men experience a freedom and when you do you can't help but share that with others mm -hmm. you know and so um early on um you know a generous um foundation locally uh, our sunday visitor um 
you know, I, I went to them asking them for support, you know, to accomplish a big goal we had. And they said, you know, before we want to do this, we actually want to fund an independent research study so we understand what exactly is going on here. Mm -hmm. you know, why is this growing so much? And one of the things we asked is, why are you coming to Exodus? And what's the benefit to you years afterwards? And what was so interesting was regardless of the dependency, from anger to drinking to pornography to masturbation, those dependencies were halved. Uh, and this study was done a year after the initial 90 day experience. So, um, you know, that's why we say, you know, and we don't mean this in a vague sense. We just mean it, you know, whatever your idol, when you submit to the competencies of the church, prayer, asceticism, fraternity, you're going to find yourself in a better place. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's get into more of those very controversial suggestions. Um, one of the objections that I heard was um, around no media, no movies. Um, what do you do with, especially you're married, you're a married man. Uh, what about if your wife says to you, hey, dear, let, let's, let's watch a movie. What, what do you respond? How do you deal with that? I'm not a great example of this because my wife and I don't actually have a television. Aha. <laughs> we, uh, we, we have a lot of silence in our house, which is great. Fosters a lot of conversation and, you know, time together. Mm -hmm. um, I understand that that's not the rhythm for, for a lot of people. And, and, and especially um, that, that can kind of be in a way the routine. Like you come home, you sit down, you watch the news or the show or whatever. What we say in that case is simply this, like this is your exodus and it's not your spouse's. Mm -hmm. You know, and so it does affect the marriage. But we really encourage men to, you know, operate with this sort of kind of prudence. It's just like, are you are you just forcing this on your spouse? Um, and if this is that frustrating, you know, you, you need to go about that in a different way. So we actually have a whole kind of onboarding experience for married men. We're like, hey, this is what this entails. It's a lot. And it could be reorienting your life at home. And we only want you to continue with the blessing of your spouse because it can cause an agitation when that blessing isn't there. Right. But... Um, even when spouses are a little bit hesitant by it, so many more by the end are like, wow, I so much prefer the man you've become. This is the man I thought I was marrying, you know, however many years ago. Because at the end of the day, these men are just more focused on their spouses again. And, and, yeah. and I'm not saying that, you know, obviously there are you know, some women who maybe don't want that, who are distracted and addicted to their own kinds of vices. Um, yeah. But for most women in touch with their femininity, that's that's not the case. That's precisely what they want. Hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. You have um, you mentioned um, meetings. So this is this is also a challenge for people, uh, perhaps people in remote communities like we are, or uh, people where uh, you know they, they don't have a supportive priest. And you mentioned seven to ten guys, or whatever you said. Um, how do you get around that when you really don't have a community or if you do, there's not many people interested in it or what do you do? Like, do you have virtual possibilities or what? Yeah. So, um, it's a great question. We, um, virtual fraternities are not ideal. Uh, we've just, no, we, you know, we learned early on the success rates on those weren't nearly as good as when you're meeting in person in the flesh. Yeah. And uh, but what we do say is if you've got pre-existing bonds with these guys, say it's a brother, say it's a coworker, you know, whoever, a friend from the distant past, mm -hmm. those relationships could carry you forward in a remote fashion. We really present this as an evangelical opportunity. You know, mm -hmm. men like concrete things. Um, there's something about this as a 90 day process that 
you know, me, you know, men like that. The meeting is very structured. It's not just sit around and share your feelings. It's very liturgical um, and it's very structured and, and men like that. And so um, we just encourage guys to one, pray over if this is for them and two, pray over who they should invite into this. And um, oftentimes the Lord has just put, put people on their hearts and then they, you know, kind of have an opportunity that's not just vaguely, you know, meet with me every week for the rest of forever, but hey, do this 90 day thing with me. And mm -hmm. um, the response to that can be surprising. Um, so it, it can be a challenge. It can be a challenge to get out there and ask someone to do something like this, especially when it, there's a lot of vulnerability at stake. Um, but, but our experience and, and from the resounding feedback we get is that most men are very isolated, very alone in the experience of the church today. You show up to mass, maybe you're greeted or whatever, um, but you're, you're so rarely known, even if you're volunteering or, or whatever. Um, and that's not to say I'm asking for a liturgical experience that's, you know, all about sharing your feelings or anything, but where that accountability, it doesn't exist or fraternity doesn't exist. Uh, in most people's experience of the contemporary church, uh, Exodus offers a solution and a way out. Um, so we just encourage men to, to kind of get outside themselves, pray over it first, but then get outside themselves and make a concrete invitation. Okay. And you guys are starting up uh, soon for a, a kind of end with Lent into, into Easter. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. So 80% of the men that come through Exodus every year come 90 days to Easter Sunday. Okay. So it kind of, you know, that start date fluctuates, obviously, with Easter. Um, what are we at this year? January 13th. That's Monday, okay. January 13th is the big start. And uh, obviously okay. it kind of, you know, couples, you know, especially here in the States, the desires for New Year's resolutions with Lent, you know, but most profoundly experiencing the newness of the resurrection, yeah. uh, hopefully as a new man. Uh, so uh, that's the that's the big time and that's what's coming up. Beautiful. Well, that's great. There's there's a bunch more questions that that I, I guess people would have. Um, where can they learn more about this? Yeah, Exodus90.com. So uh, okay. our site is there. Uh, it's uh, you know built to just kind of explain what this is. You'll see a lot of testimonials there um, from you know kind of influential folks in, uh, in the church today to just normal guys who picked this up and found it. Um, what's been amazing to me is how um, orders, ecclesial movements. Um, normal parishes, seminaries are taking this up. And what we say is, um, you know, Exodus is, is is a spiritual exercise, you know, and I, I had the privilege of doing a 30-day silent retreat a few years ago, uh, and it had its movements to it. It had its times in it. And as we've observed this now in thousands of cases, Exodus has its sort of spiritual movements to it that are pretty, pretty profound, uh, at times very challenging, especially as you remove your medications or your distractions. Um, but what that does, it places you in greater vulnerability and, and, and intimacy with Christ, uh, who's, a, you know, you kind of create the space for him to move you and call you again, you know. And so I, I'd encourage you to check out the site, um, Exodus. You know, we're on a mobile application, so you can look at it there and download it there if you're ready to get started um, simply. Mm -hmm. And what do you guys charge for this kind of thing? Yes. Yeah, so Exodus free to start. First week is free and then it's 10 bucks a month for three months. Uh, we are a charity. So there is a giving program at the end of it. Um, but uh, that's what it costs. So 30 bucks. Great. 
And uh, is this, it's like an app that you can use and, and what's the user experience like with the app? Yeah, so user experience, it's, so every day during Exodus, you receive a scripture passage and then a reflection um, that we've written it with weekly action items to accomplish uh, as well that kind of help orient your fraternity meeting every week. So content is there and then it's kind of, uh, you know, what we learned early on was, you know, your, your correspondence with your fraternity is, is, should be, you know, pretty, pretty honest, pretty authentic. And guys were like, yeah, I don't like losing the, those messages within all of my threads. So we built kind of a communication portal, simple text message threads uh, as well into the application, but it's pretty simple. It's not meant to add to the distraction. If you find yourself distracted on our application, uh, you're, you're a pretty bored person. <laughs> uh, it's very simple, very straightforward, very clean uh, to kind mm -hmm. of, you know, facilitate the experience. Beautiful. I love the fact that you guys are, th this really does attack something that I think is so core uh, and in everyone's life, really. And that is selfishness. It's probably the root of so many of our temptations to sin. Uh, and it's something that's so not recognized. Um, and uh, speak a little bit, if you can, to that, to the, what you've read from the testimonies you've received about the issue of selfishness. Yeah, I the thing we hear over and over again is I had no idea how much and then fill in the blank. And, and mm -hmm. in all of those cases, there's something of pride, you know, some, some place where, you know, kind of the ego, you know, you placed yourself on a pedestal, but Exodus humbles you. I mean, when you submit yourself to the Lord daily and you remove your comforts and you're accountable to others, I mean, you are humbled and, and, and it can be really challenging um, you know, but the truth is it's, it's humility that places us back in touch with reality that orients, you know, God to be in God, you know, you and your place in his creation, uh, and in the community as well. Um, so it can be really challenging, but most men come to Exodus with a hunch for why they want to, but typically why they stay and where they're at at the end is, is for a completely different reason. And that's typically God's purpose for them, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, you know, for doing this. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now, um, I love too, that you said this is like an evangelical tool. You can use it as such. So you're talking about finding men in your community who are perhaps not all the way there with the faith, or, or would you suggest finding more like-minded people per se? That's a great question. Um, I, so I'll just give you a story for me personally. Last year, um, you know, I was, I was newly up to this community. It was in a weird situation I was in where I had to move, um, you know, to, to get the support of a bishop, to get us this off the ground. So I did. Um, obviously, I know you guys go through a lot, and we went through a little bit early on. And um, so I was in this weird situation where I was talking about all these values I am today, but I was in a new place and had nobody. And mm -hmm. so um, it was kind of the time for Exodus to, to kind of, yeah, you know, be what it is for me in a way that was really kind of profound. Uh, and so what, you know, I was just asking around and, and it ended up forming a core group of, of very practicing good Catholic men, you know, but I really felt like in my prayer, I had been introduced to this Lutheran pastor uh, in town. And I was like, man, I don't, I don't, and I don't know if I want to invite him into this, I kept praying over it. And it's like, no, long story short, you know, he, because his experience of the seminary was primary and primarily and only intellectual and not a holistic seminary experience, which is pretty typical uh, of non-Catholic environments. Uh, 
um, he, uh, you know, it, it was, it was really his first experience of formation, hmm. you know, and by the end he realized in good conscience, he had to resign from his church because of how drawn he was to Catholicism resigns, uh, and was received by our Bishop this summer and is now teaching, teaching Catholic theology, which is pretty amazing in our <laughs> community, you know? And wow. so I say all of that because, um, you know, it is, this is by Catholics, it is Catholic and it's predominantly for Catholics, but Catholicism's mm -hmm. a beauty and it attracts. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, in that case, you know, someone that wasn't even a Catholic, you know, found so much fruit from, from this exercise. Beautiful. Um, so. Beautiful. So, uh, just age wise, um, a lot of people are, especially our audience, they're all over the map. So we've got young people, older people, middle-aged people. Uh, should you shoot for some kind of homogeneity within your age group or, or is it all anybody and everybody? Yeah, so we, we encourage groups to be about the same age. Uh, not that there hasn't been benefit to kind of experiencing generational kind of distinctions, if you will. Um, but that's what we encourage. Exodus, I will say this, is... Uh, really an anomaly in men's ministry. Most men's ministries, especially in the States, attract older guys who are retired, looking for things to do. Uh, over 50% of our, our men are under the age of 34. And that's something we're very proud of. Um, there's something, I mean, we see this in the orders that really kind of lay down the full claims of the gospel. And we see this here too. I mean, it just draws young people, um, you know, we just don't make dispensations and, and, and the young love that yeah. and um, it attracts them. It draws them, you know? Uh, so the only thing, you know, the other thing I'd say about that is, you know, if there's a spirituality at the heart of this, it's the desert fathers of the third and fourth centuries. Who's um, you know, we use their, their work frequently throughout the, our meditations, our reflections uh, daily. And uh, you know, young men, they're so rarely exposed to that time in the church, mostly because that's so rarely preached. And so uh, that, that, that really draws uh, younger folks. Um, generally, that's been our experience in our first few years. Okay, so I'm real interested now, and I'm scared to do it because it's just scary. Um, but uh, doing it with some people would actually force me to do it, which is good. How do you most entice people to do this? How do you encourage them to do it? What's, what's your best method of encouraging, finding a group to do this with, getting people out there with you? I, I, I encourage you to just make a concrete invitation and, and say, th like, why, like, why do you want to do this is the first thing worth asking. You know, is there something in your way? Is there, you know, is there something at work? Is there, is there a struggle, a sin? You know, and when you're just able to state that to others, they're like, wow. I, and then they, they just, they don't, they don't judge you. They think, wow, I've got that and worse or other things that I'm working through, but have no place of, you know, of moving forward concretely. So uh, that's what I say is just like make concrete invitations. Um, don't just send a text message. Don't, you know, no, call somebody up, say, Hey, Fred, I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm working too much. I'm working till nine every night. I'm not present, you know, and, and it's becoming an idol, you know, and, uh, it's in my way, you know, and that puts, you know, the other in a place of, you know, really kind of making a, you know, a discernment of like, yeah, what's in my way. Um, so that's what we say. Great. Great. And it, it's an, I, I would think an awesome Lent, uh, where you're you're completely focused. It's a little bit more like the um, 
the uh, traditional Lent, which was a little bit longer on the on the front end as well. So uh, it sounds like great prep. Uh, we've just come through Christmas, and uh, so everybody should be feeling ready to uh, engage in some kind of um, uh, self-denial now anyway. So I think that'll be great. Any closing words for uh, for our audience, James? You know, it's just that for freedom, Christ set us free. St. Paul writes that. And, uh, you know, when we're not free, we can't love and when we look at the church today, the reason why Exodus has blown up is so many people have been agitated by, by recent events in the church uh, and without, and uh, but they want a, a way to channel some of that agitation to something spiritually beneficial. And we find the rigor and challenge of Exodus has been a, a great outlet for that. Not to say we, we shouldn't just tell the truth, and you you do a lot of that, um, you know, through your platforms, John Henry. Um, but there's more that we can do than just be be upset. Um, and there's positive things that we can do to, to unite ourselves more fully to Christ's sacrifice and to offer that for the church so desperately in need of renewal today. Um, so again, Exodus is not only about your personal gains, but, uh, you know, really bigger spiritual realities at stake today in the church. And uh, your sacrifices can be instrumental, um, not just visibly, but invisibly, more importantly. Um, so, yeah. Absolutely. You guys are building soldiers for Christ in, in, a, in an amazing way, kind of like the training, uh, the Marines, if you will, uh, the boot camp for that. Um, give us a closing word on Our Lady's influence uh, with, with regard to this, because I know this is a men's movement and, and we're focused on the cross and following Jesus on the cross. How does Our Lady play in, uh, into Exodus 90? Absolutely. So Mary's sway over this, you'll see within the reflections early on, and we'll introduce um, the rosary at points and um, I would just say this, uh, you know, I read a book um, by Emile Nubert, and I'm mispronouncing his name because I'm not so French, uh, but uh, called The Life of Union with Mary. And he talks about sort of the Marianization of the soul and how when we live with Mary, um, we, we really encounter reality in a completely different sort of frame. So that work itself has been massively influential upon how I look at my own faith. Um, and, and, and certainly has all kinds of influence over our work here. So uh, we offer everything, you know, as it relates to our work. We certainly have goals we set every year. We certainly have numbers we try to reach. By the way, on the topic of numbers, I saw you guys eclipsed 100 million page views. <laughs> That's right. Just, yep, just Pretty recently. Insane. Pretty yeah. insane. But on our side, you know, um, rather than stress about numbers, we just commend those to the Blessed Virgin and she takes care of the fruit. Um, so, and that's, you know, that's why, yeah, we've already reached 20,000 men, uh, in just a few years working completely independently and having not just no support at the beginning, but definite criticism, um, at the start. And that's, that's very much Mary's kind of carrying us along and, um, and interceding for us before the throne. Beautiful. James Baxter from Exodus 90. Thank you for being with us on the John Henry Weston show. May God bless you. John Henry, and God bless you. To everyone out there, give this thing a shot. It will uh, increase your faith life and make you, you men, that soldier for Christ you need to be in your own heart, in your families, and for the church. God bless you all, and we'll see you next time.